So today I'm going to be preaching a message called, Who is God? Who is God? Because I really sensed a burden to preach this message based on my interactions with so many believers in Nagaland. Now I've observed that many Christians struggle with doubt. Many believers struggle with doubt in their day-to-day lives. They're also frustrated by negative circumstances. Their life is not going the way they want or expect. And most of these people, they pray a lot. They go to church a lot. And yet, when they live their day-to-day lives, they live their lives as if God does not exist or as if God does not matter at all. And the elections that was conducted is the example in point. Many Christians in Nagaland will say, when you ask them, are you in faith? They say, yeah, I believe in God. I go to church. I give. I pray a lot. And yet the way they live their lives reveal another truth. So you must understand this. Our day-to-day living reflects our perception of God. The Bible says, you become like the God you worship. So if we say we go to church a lot, we pray a lot, we believe a lot, and yet our lives does not reflect the values and the character of the God we worship, then you are worshiping a different God. You're worshiping a wrong God, which means the idea and the perception you have about God is wrong. You are in church, you're using the right words, but you are worshiping the golden calf. Your own idea of God. And not a true, accurate picture of God. So what is your idea of God? What is your perception of God? See, many in Nagaland view God as just a charitable being that is willing to give you whatever you need. So they come only when they need something. They treat God like the government. Many will view God as a harsh disciplinarian ready to judge for every mistake. And then some view God as just a distant, powerful being who is not involved and intimate in the day-to-day lives. See, God not only wants you to view Him correctly, that means you need to have a correct view of God, but God also wants you to know Him intimately. But there is a progression there. There is knowing Him correctly, which leads to knowing Him intimately. Some are trying to know God intimately without knowing who He is. And so they're not able to find that connection. See, a correct view of God will affect every facet of who you are. Your desires, your motives, your thoughts, your words, your actions, all of that will be affected when you have an accurate picture of who God is. And the more accurate your understanding of God, it will affect your faith, your motives, and the way that you want to live life daily. Do you know that God is completely trustworthy? He's all-powerful. He's loving every day. He's full of wisdom and understanding and power and might. Do you know that? Do you know that nothing is too difficult for Him? Any problem in your life, when you go to Him with faith, He will solve it for you. 
However, despite all the truths about God, you still cannot trust Him. You know why? You can trust Him only to the degree that you know Him. I can be the richest man on the earth. I can be the most benevolent man on the earth. But you have never met me. Let's just assume that. And I come to your house, complete stranger, and I say, I will take care of you from today. You know what? You will not trust me. Because you don't know me. And so you will choose your politician who has been cheating you for the last 20 years and you will still trust him. Why? Because we trust familiarity. And we are unable to trust someone who is benevolent, loving, just, righteous, gracious, because we don't know Him. So, your accurate view of God is going to help you in every area of life. If you're struggling in any area, lacking in wisdom, going through discouragement, going through frustration, what you need is a true knowledge of God. So let's attempt today to finish these 13 key attributes. If not, it will go to next Sunday. The first point is this. God is a personal being. He is a personal spirit. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. This verse is loaded with revelation. In the beginning God created, which means God existed before the beginning. The beginning of what? Time. When we say beginning, you're always referring to time. God created the heavens, space, and the earth. Matter. But God exists before time, space, and matter. Beyond time, space, and matter. Which means it's very difficult for us human beings to comprehend who God really is. But yet we must, to the degree that we can, have an idea about Him so that our faith increases. So let me give you certain points about God. God is eternal. Everyone say eternal. Eternal means God has no limits. God has no boundaries. God is not limited by time or space or matter. There is no restriction to God. He has always existed. Before there was even a beginning to creation. He's unlimited in scope and expression. That means His love is unlimited. His wisdom is unlimited. His grace for you is unlimited. Number two, God is infinite. What does it mean, infinite? Infinite means that He has no limits again. There is no end to Him. There is no beginning to Him and there is no end to Him. We are finite human beings. There's a beginning to our existence and there's an end. One day, all of us will end our life here on the earth. There's an end to how much we know. There's an end to how much we can do. But for God, there is no boundaries. Number three, God is self-existent. Everyone says self-existent. Self-existent simply means God has always existed eternally by Himself and will continue to do so, which means He is not dependent on anyone for His existence. For my existence... I need food, I need water, I need sunlight, which is beyond me. It is separate from me. But for God, He doesn't need anything or anyone for His existence. For my existence, I needed my parents. And my parents needed their parents. So our existence is dependent on our ancestors. 
This iPad is dependent on Chinese factories, right? Because we are not self-existent. This building was built by contractors and mysteries. It did not just exist on its own. So all of us are not self-existent. You need people. You need resources around you. But as far as God is concerned, He doesn't need anything or anyone because He is always from self-existent by Himself. He did not create us because He was lonely. He created us to love us because He is a God of love, but not because He needed us. That thought should bring some humility into our hearts. Number four, God is self-sufficient. Everyone says self-sufficient. What does it mean that God is self-sufficient? It means that He possesses within Himself every quality, ability, and supernatural power with never-ending measure. Every attribute or might or power is His endlessly. In other words, all life is in Himself. Self-sufficient. If I want to create a building, build a building, I have to go and buy sand. I have to go and buy brick. I have to go and buy rod. I have to be sufficient. I cannot, I'm not self-sufficient. I'm dependent. But if God wants to build, He doesn't need to go and buy sand or bricks or rod from anywhere. He will build from Himself. See, when God said, let there be light, and suddenly everything came into being, where did all of these things come from? It came from Him. He is self-sufficient. Can you say Amen? And the sixth thing is this, God is a spirit. Everyone say, God is a spirit. John 4 verse 24 says, God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. God is spirit. He doesn't have a physical body. Yes, He has a spiritual form, but it's not a physical body. That means we cannot comprehend God by our natural senses, by what we see, hear, feel, touch. But we can know God in the spirit. That means it must be through truth. Hallelujah. God is a personal spirit. That means He's invisible. But yet He is real. And so the only way you can know God is through your spirit man, through your heart, where you connect to God with truth. And you can connect with God because God is a personal being. The word personal means you can have a relationship with God. God doesn't want you to know Him only through theology, only through books, only through logic, only through your rationale. God wants you to know Him personally. By experience. If your knowledge of God is only through theology, it is inferior. You must know God through prayer. You must know God through a personal relationship with Him. Can you say Amen? And God made it possible for us to have that because number one, He gave us the Word of God. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. He gave us the Bible. The Scriptures, the truth of God is the means by which we can know God personally because the Word reveals His attributes and His character. But not only that, God gave His Son to die on the cross for our sins. God gave His Son to be sacrificed, His blood to be shed so that the gap between man and God, the barrier of sin is destroyed and man and God can become one again. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Not only that, 
God sent His Holy Spirit to live in your heart. So that when the Spirit of God is in your heart, you can know Him in spirit. Knowing God in your heart is greater than knowing God through your physical sight. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. So God is a personal being, which means you can become a friend of God. Not just serve God, not just obey God, not just follow God, but you can become a friend of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can be a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. And Abraham is a prototype of us. Abraham is the example, the prototype of a man of faith. So if you are a man and a woman of faith, which every one of you is because you believed in Jesus and you got born again, so you are a man of faith, which means this, you can become a friend of God. Moses spoke to God face to face. David knew God intimately. Psalms 25 verse 14 says this. Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence Him, who honor Him. Friendship with God. Friendship. Sometimes we like to boast, oh, this minister is my friend. Oh, this celebrity is my friend. Well, why don't we boast that the creator of the universe is our friend? Amen. That's the biggest flex. Hallelujah. Number two, God is all powerful. Can you say all powerful? Come on church, wake up. Say God is all powerful. Turn to your neighbor and say God is all powerful. Turn to your other neighbor and say wake up. Amen. Bring your enthusiasm when you come to church. There's a secret in getting the Word of God into your heart. It's called enthusiasm. Be excited at the Word. God is all-powerful, which means this. He can help you with anything. He can help you with anything. Look at these two verses. Jeremiah 32, 17. Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing, nothing, everyone say nothing, too hard for you. Look at Matthew chapter 19 verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. Do you know that God merely spoke the universe into existence? What science has not yet been able to define and discover, what we're trying to say is evolution or the Big Bang, or they cannot even understand how creation came into being. For God was as simple as saying, let there be light. And a hundred billion galaxies, which is still continuing and growing, came into being with billions of suns and billions of stars. Can you imagine the power within one sun? Even the sun that is in our galaxy. And there are billions of suns. And all the power of all the suns are just a fraction of what is in the power of God. God is all-powerful. There's a word for it. It's called omnipotent. 
His all-powerful and all power resides in Him. It is inherent in His nature. Which means this, He is able to help you in any crisis, in any problem, any mountain you're facing, any sickness you're facing, any difficulty, God can help you. See, God is not just an idea. He is the all-powerful being of the universe. And yet, you will not be able to trust in His power if you don't know that He is omnipotent. And His power is not restrained by anyone. He cannot be controlled by anyone. He cannot be manipulated by anyone. Which means, He is willing to give His power to us if we will just believe in Him and come according to His ways. Can you say hallelujah? He's capable of anything. As long as it doesn't violate his other characteristics and nature. He's all powerful, but yet he loves us and he cares for us. David said in Psalms 8, verse 3 and 4, When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have set in place, who are mere mortals that you should think about them? Us, humans that you should care for them. Who are we? And yet, with all His might and power, God still cares for us. You know what that means? He's willing to use His power for you. If He's able to bring water from a rock, He's able to rain meat down from the heavens and bring food from the ground, if He's able to part the seas, stop the sun, raise the dead, turn water into wine, why can't He do the same for you today? Not water to wine. Don't get overexcited. <laughs> but why can't He restore your marriage? Why can't He bring healing into your body? Why can't He provide a job and a career for you? He can. You just need to trust in Him. Can you say Amen? He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think or desire according to the power that works in us. He's able Come on, someone say, He is able. Number three, God is omnipresent, which means He is present everywhere. God is everywhere. He's everywhere. Can you say amen? Let's look at these two verses. Psalm 139, 7 to 10. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. This is a revelation that David had. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God is everywhere. You know, someone once said this. In a rainforest in Amazon right now, where there is no human being and there was an old tree, 200 years old, it rotted from the roots and it fell right now. Would that tree make a sound? Yes. You know why? Because God is there. You know what that means? It means anything that happens in public in private, when you're alone, when you are with others, the motives of your heart and the actions that you do on the outside 
not only for you, but for billions of people at the same time, at the same moment, God sees everything. Because He is everywhere. Can you say Amen? Look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom we are accountable. God is infinite. He's eternal, which means He's everywhere at the same time. He can fill every inch of space and even beyond that. Which means whatever good you do, even though no one sees it and your pastor does not see it and you're praying every night for the church and no one recognizes or rewards you, He sees it. So don't worry too much about whether you have been recognized or not. He sees it and He rewards it. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. But not only that, He also sees the wrongs that you do. Which you think that no one will know. He sees it. And He knows it. And He knows the wrongs that every leader is doing. So we don't have to be envious of the wicked. That when they seem to be prospering by wrong, do not get frustrated. God sees everything and He says in His Word, one day everything, all the deeds of men will be judged. So you must know your God to live in faith in bad leadership times. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. See, God wants you to be conscious of His presence. Not only in church. Not only when you are praying. Be conscious of His presence in the workplace, in the marketplace, in the bathroom. Everywhere. Why? Because He is everywhere. And when you are conscious of Him, it will give you a greater sense of holiness. A greater sense of how to conduct yourself. Hallelujah. So that... His presence becomes our strength. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, He said. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Let's look at that. Hebrews 13 verse 5. The later part of that verse says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Now that truth is really the strength from which we are able to face any challenge of life. That truth is really meant to become our satisfaction, our contentment. His presence with us is our prosperity. Do you know that when Joseph went down to Egypt, the Bible says God was with him. When he was in prison, God was with him. And even though he was a slave and he was in the prison, his life prospered. Whatever he did, it was blessed. You know what that means? It means true prosperity is the presence of God with you all the time. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. That is where our understanding of prosperity comes from. Jesus told His disciples, I'm with you always. He is Emmanuel. Can you say, God is with me? Number four, God knows everything. He's omniscient. God knows everything. Can you say, God knows everything? 
So what that means is you can go to Him with all your questions, for all your answers, for all your frustrations. Look at these two verses. Romans chapter 11, 33 to 34. Let's look up there on the slide. All the depth of the riches. Let's read it together. Can we do it? One, two, three. All the depth of the riches. Amen. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Let's read that. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Our God knows everything. He's a source of all true knowledge. He is a source of all wisdom and understanding and truth. And the knowledge that God has is not distorted by lies or deception, which the knowledge in the world is. Media, Hollywood, books even have been distorted and have been changed to suit the narrative of people who want to change stories to their benefit. Companies change stories to their benefit. Nations do that. It's called the media war. It's called the war of trying to brainwash the young generations. And it's happening successfully on the earth in many cases. But as far as God is concerned, His truth is completely true. The knowledge He has is completely accurate. Secondly, God knows the answers to all of life's questions. Every question you have about life, God knows the answer. If you are thinking about why after you prayed and fasted, your father passed away. Even after you did all good, you begin to see negative things that happen. Even after everyone in Agalin is praying, and yet we get leaders that are not really righteous, we are questioning those things. Listen. Those questions should not lead us to discouragement. Those questions should lead us to God. To a vibrant faith with God so that we come to Him with those questions and say, Lord, why will you show us? And even if He doesn't reveal to us everything, yet our faith is that God knows those things. When it is the right time, He will reveal to us. And even if He doesn't, we live in the faith that since God knows everything, He will do the right thing. He's a God of justice and righteousness. Can you say Amen? He knows everything about you. Your desires, your motives, your thoughts, your purpose, your future. I know the plans that I have for you. There was a book in heaven with your name on it. You cannot find that book in any planet on the earth. You cannot find that book in any university. Harvard does not have a copy of that book. That book is with your name on it and it is your purpose and your calling. It's a book from heaven and that book is the key to your success in life. And the only way you're going to get that book is through prayer. When you seek Him with all your heart and God reveals facets clips of that book to you in every season of your life. That book is written who you're going to marry. And that book is written in 2025 what's going to happen in your life. In that book, it is written the choices you need to make. 
So there is a revelation that's greater than any earthly knowledge that you need for your success of your life. And it is called revelation knowledge that God has. And that's why God invites us, seek me with all your heart and you will surely find me. He knows everything about you. That's why David says in Psalm 139, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. You know what that means for our personal application? Because God knows everything, we must go to God for wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 says, If any one of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Why? Because God knows everything. Turn to your neighbor and say, God knows everything. Number five, God is sovereign. Sovereign. Which means this, you must joyfully submit to His will and obey Him. Why? Because He is sovereign. He is Lord over all. Let's look at these verses. First Chronicles 29 verse 11 to 12. So we read together. One, two, three. Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. He's sovereign. That means He rules. Mankind, nations, nature, all are submitted to Him. In fact, Daniel says this in chapter 2, verse 21. God determines the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He's sovereign over the nations. Job 12, verse 10 says, In whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Let that sink in for a moment. Sovereign. What does it mean? He's the ruler of the universe. There is no higher authority than Him. And ultimately, it is His will that will come to pass. If you look at the Bible, the end has already been declared from the beginning. There is no reason to be afraid of the devil. You know why? Because... The end has already been declared. God's will will come to pass. Amen. Not just for the end of time, but for the destiny of every nation. We talk about the Illuminati. We talk about the Antichrist and we're so concerned and fearful. There's nothing to be afraid. Just be strengthened in faith that whatever will come, persecution or trials or attack against us, our God is sovereign and we have no reason to be afraid or to be shaken. We stand in faith. Amen. Can you say hallelujah? 
Nothing can destroy the purpose and the will of God. Which means nothing happens without His will, whether it is His permissive will or His or His causative will. God is sovereign. When negative things happen on the earth, it doesn't mean that God has lost control. There's a reason why those things are happening. There's human will that is involved. There's the fallen earth that is involved. The earth that is under a curse that is involved. And in the context of God's sovereign will, God has also given us grace to exercise our own free will that we are not robots. We are not being manipulated and controlled by God every single moment of our lives. And yet in the exercise of our own free will, God's sovereign will is also working and it's a mystery. We don't understand how it works. But in the end, even though you exercise your own free will, God's will will also come to pass in your life. The Bible says He has predestined all things according to the counsel of His will. Can you say Amen? Amen. Which means this. If you are overwhelmed by life, you're overwhelmed by all the confusion you see on the earth, you're overwhelmed by your circumstances being out of control, don't be. Chill. God is on the throne. Turn to your neighbor and say, chill. God is on the throne. And God can use these crisis moments. God can use these little storms in your life to actually shape your faith and to shape your heart. To make all things work together for your good. Do you know that times of adversity work for your good more than times of prosperity? Do you know that God is using the pain in your life to turn you into a beautiful pearl? So don't give up and don't be discouraged and don't become negative. Number six. God is holy. Everyone say holy. So it means devote yourself to Him in purity. Come on, say this with me. God is holy. Let's read these verses. Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness? Hallelujah. Psalms 96, verse 9. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. When was the last time you felt like trembling before the Lord? Probably we need a greater revelation of the holiness of God. Because when Isaiah saw the Lord seated on the throne, his physical eyes were open. He could see in the spirit and he saw the angels in heaven shouting, Holy, holy, holy. He was filled with fear, a godly fear. And this is where the fear of the Lord must come from. The word holy means different. 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 It's more than just pure. It's more than just sinless. 
The word holy means so different. There is no word in the human language to be able to describe the holiness of God. The only way you can say it is that he is so different in character, in nature, in attributes from us human beings. The gap is too big. He's holy. And that's why when we understand his holiness, our heart should be filled with his desire to worship him in all. Like the revelation in the book of Revelations, when all the saints, multitudes, bow down before the Lord, and they say, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Why do we treat God like a spare time? It's because you don't know Him, that He is holy. And He demands holiness from us. Our God is holy. He's different. His character is perfect in every way. His moral excellence is the absolute standard of integrity and ethical purity. He's completely different. And the amazing thing about that is He shares His holiness with us. He sanctifies us in His blood. He sets us apart from the world. He calls us a holy nation. And He makes us different from the world so that He can put His glory upon us even though there's darkness on the world. He can put His blessing upon us even when there's darkness in Egypt. And you know what that means? It means this. God wants us to live holy lives. Don't make the excuse that by grace it's okay whatever I live, whatever I do because God loves me. No. That's a wrong belief. Because God loves you so much, it should motivate you to live out of love for Him in holiness. Can you say Amen? Are you pursuing purity? Are you pursuing His values? Understand this. Sin will bring destruction. Even after you're born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, sin will still bring destruction into your life. I'm not saying you'll go to hell, but it will destroy your health, your mind, your relationship, your finances. Whereas holiness, which we think is boring, holiness leads to health. Holiness leads to prosperity. Holiness leads to well-being. I tell you, holiness should be your superpower. I just want to develop my singing gift. I just want to develop my praying gift. I just want to develop my preaching gift. Holiness should be your superpower. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Point number seven. God is absolute truth. He's absolute truth. Which means this. You must live according to His truth. God is absolute truth, so believe what He says and live accordingly. Let's look at these verses. John chapter 14, verse 6. Shall we read together? One, two, three. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 18, 37. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. John 14, 16 to 17. Let's read together. Louder, guys. 
I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Our God is absolute truth. It is impossible for Him to be otherwise. And that's why when Balaam, the soothsayer in the Old Testament, not a prophet, he was a soothsayer, and yet he had the gift to be able to hear from God, was speaking to Balak. He said this, God is not a man, so He does not lie. He is not a human, so He does not change His mind. Has He ever spoken and failed to act? Has He ever promised and not carried it through? God is truth. Not only does He know truth, He is truth. Truth is not like, for example, many of us, you know accurate facts of history, right? You know truth, but you are not truthful in your character. See, God is true means whatever He says is true, He will always speak truth and it comes from His character, from His essence. There is no darkness in Him. There is no variation of turning in Him. There is no gray area in His life, in, his, in, in, in Him. There is no situational ethics in Him. He is true. Whatever He says is always completely true. Can you say hallelujah? And God wants us to know the truth. And to know the truth, God has given us his word, as we just read right now. Your word is truth. Can you say amen? But not only that, God has given us a relationship with Jesus who lives in us. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Not only does He speak truth, He is the truth. Not only does He point the way to truth, He is truth. That means if you follow Jesus, you can never be wrong. But not only that, He gives us the Holy Spirit. In us, fills us with the Holy Spirit, gives us the gift to pray in tongues so that you can build communion with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Can you say amen? He's the Spirit of, come on church, talk to me. He's the Spirit of, He's the Spirit of truth. So why are you afraid of the Holy Spirit? Why are you afraid of tongues? Why are you afraid of the gifts of Spirit? He's the Spirit of truth. Amen. That means whatever the Holy Spirit will speak to you, whether it comes to prophecy, whether it comes to dream, is true. Now, we have to grow in the knowledge of how to discern, how to have wisdom to separate wrong and true prophecy. But once we can know that and we're able to walk in maturity in that area, I tell you, the leadings of the Spirit, the revelation, the conversations you have with the Spirit, the, the visions the Holy Spirit gives you, they are powerful because they are truth. And when we live in the truth of the Spirit, I tell you, you shall know the truth, Jesus says, and the truth shall set you free. God wants you to live in truth because your life the way God intended for you to live in true liberty is only found in truth. Truth. Obey truth. Let truth shape your values, shape your opinions, shape your worldview. 
when you see CNN today and you see so many media today, Washington Post and even BBC, it is filled with lies. Agenda, LGBTQ, gender dysphoria, redefining the idea of marriage, the truth of marriage. Where does it come from? It comes from Him. God defines marriage, not CNN, not BBC, not Western media. God defines what gender is. God defines what sex is. God defines how you should use your finances. All truth comes from God. Which means this, if you will base your life on the truth of God's Word, you will live in freedom, in protection, in blessing. In lies, there is bondage. In lies, there is corruption. So if God is true, let your definition of all truth come from Him. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Whatever God says is true. He is the anchor in this world, this postmodern world, where people are saying, whatever you feel like, do it because that's true. Whatever you think, think it because that's true. And that's a lie. That's a lie from the devil. And you see it. On every form of media today, in songs, rap music, Rihanna, whatever, whatever. Do you know that many of them are singing lies? Do whatever you want, do whatever you feel because that's your reality and all these things. It's lies. And we are listening to those lies. And we are being brainwashed by those lies because we are moving. Our body is moving to those lies and we're feeling, and we're saying, oh, it's only a song. Do you know that there is a scientific thing happening that when your body is moving to those songs and you're moving to those beats, your mind is being brainwashed. Rap music is brainwashing you. Pop music is brainwashing you. And because you're listening to it, you're losing your appetite for the Word of God. Because, because you're listening to it, when you listen to the Word of God, you have this hostile feeling. Let me ask you honestly, how many of you, many times, when you hear the Word of God, people quoting it, your friends saying it, you have sometimes a hostile feeling? I know that many of you do. You have this hostile feeling in your emotions. Do you agree? You have been brainwashed by the enemy. It happens so subtly to advertisements, to music, to movies. And without knowing it, you have lost your appetite for the word, for the truth. Number eight. It's time to wake up today. Today is the day of your deliverance. Can you say amen? Number eight, God is righteous. God is righteous, so live by His standards. Psalm 145 verse 7, The Lord is righteous in all His ways, gracious in all His works. He's righteous. Righteous means He's right. Righteous means He's always right. 
The psalmist says in Psalm 71 verse 19, Your righteousness, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Highest heavens. Your righteousness is like the mountains. They never move. Jafu has been there 500, 600, maybe hundreds, thousands of years. Your righteousness is like the mountains. We live in a day and age when there is no distinction between right and wrong. Even nowadays in subjects, in schools, they're trying to push this agenda. But understand this, God is right. And God will always be right. So our definition of righteousness comes from Him. God's standards never change. They are timeless. And His laws are a reflection of His righteousness. The Ten Commandments are a reflection of His righteousness. Murdering people is wrong in the Old Testament. Murdering is still wrong. Adultery was wrong then. It is still wrong today. Lying is wrong then. It is still wrong today. Amen. So we must understand His righteousness. And the ability to live right is a gift from God. God gives us the ability. Do you know that when you got born again, you became righteous? God made you righteous. God made you right. It's a gift. It's a standing with Him. We cannot be right before God in our own ways, in our own efforts. And so if you believe in God, He made you righteous. He clothed you with the righteousness of Christ. The robe of righteousness. So that now we can go boldly to the throne of grace and obtain help and mercy in times of need. And that grace and mercy includes the ability to live righteously. To make righteous decisions and righteous choices. So that we are living righteous, not just as a position, as a gift, but we are living righteous in our behavior. Can you say Amen. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. There is a blessing connected to righteousness. God is righteous. Be right. Now, 100% all the time we cannot be before the times, but know this. His grace is there. The gift of righteousness is never removed. But that is meant to give us grace to live righteously. Make the right choices, the right decisions. Can you say amen? Number nine, God is just. God is just. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4. Let's read that together. One, two, three. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is He. God is just in all His judgments. His judgments are always accurate because He knows all things. He has all the facts at His disposal. Even the best judges in the Supreme Court have made mistakes. In every nation of the world, people have made mistakes. Judges have made mistakes. They have put the wrong people into prison. You know why? Because they don't know everything. They don't have all the facts. But with God, Every judgment is just and correct because He sees all things. He knows all things. He knows every person. And we say, Amen. Hallelujah. You know what that means? He will always treat you fairly. There is no injustice 
for you in the kingdom of God. He will always treat you fairly. So, don't complain and grumble wherever you are in life. I wish I was God, you're not fair. God, you're not fair. You are distancing yourself from the grace of God by complaining and grumbling. You may not like where you are, but God is fair. You may not like what's happening to you, but God is fair. I'm not saying God did that to you. No, but if you will walk by faith, submit yourself under His mighty hand, His justice will work in your life. His grace will work. God is always fair. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. So, submit yourself to Him. Trust in His grace. And be grateful every day. For He is a judge that can never make a mistake. He always rewards faith. Whatever you do for the kingdom, it will not go unnoticed. Every paisa you put in the offering, it is not unnoticed. If it is in faith. Your motives are important to understand that. Every seed you give for missions, it is not unnoticed. People forget. Even the church forgets. We forget to thank you for giving 10 lakhs to the missions. Did anyone give 10 lakhs? I'm speaking by faith. Someone here will give 10 lakhs. We forget at times to thank you. But God always knows. Amen. So trust in Him. Don't look to men. Why do you complain? It's because we give to God, we expect from men. We give and we expect from men. And because we don't get from men, we grumble and complain. Which has already revealed your faith in the first place that you were not trusting in God. You are trying to look religious to gain favor from men. When you're in front of the pastor, you pray, oh, no, 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 Ah, see, I'm praying so fervently before the pastor. He should make me prayer leader. But at home, do you pray like that? See, when we do things to be seen by men, that's not faith. And when nothing happens, we get disappointed, we complain to God. See, God is just. Humble yourself to Him, whether people see you or not. Number 10, God is love. Everyone say, God is love. Which means, He is unconditionally committed to your well-being. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is love. Amen. Romans 8 verse 39. No height, no depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Love is the very essence of God. The greatest revelation you can have of God is God is love. He's the source of all love. He's the definition of love. And all His other attributes flow out of love. But His love does not function separately from His justice and from His righteousness. 
and from His power. That means the cross is a perfect example of all the attributes of God. God forgave us on the cross because of His mercy and love, but God did not do it by denying His mercy and justice because He righteously judged our sins. He condemned our sins. He punished our sins as the righteous judge. And He did it completely. His anger was satisfied completely on the cross so that in the same manner, in the same time, He can give us His love. And you say, Amen. God's justice and love flow together. His righteousness and love flow together. His power and love flow together, which means His healing of you is His love language. Does God love you? Does God love you? Then, have no fear whether His power will deliver you. His power comes because of His love. His provision comes because of His love. Amen. Hallelujah. So in turn, God wants you to love Him and God wants you to love the world. Why? Because our God is a God of love. He's not a God of hate. That's why Christians forgive. That's why Christians don't walk in hate. If you're a Christian and you're dwelling and simmering and boiling in a pot of hate against that candidate, <laughs> against the other party, you are an imposter. We are created in the image of God. We are created for love. We are created to be givers of love, receivers of love, to live in love. Love is where we function best. So open your heart and let people love you. Don't be so having so many barriers, so many walls. Amen. Hallelujah. Number 11, God is merciful. So He forgives us of our sins. James 5.11 says, Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. The Lord is very compassionate, very compassionate and merciful. And we saw that with the woman caught in adultery. We saw that with blind Bartimaeus. We saw that with the ten lepers. We saw that with the leper when Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Jesus revealed to us that God is a merciful God. So that even before Judas betrays him, and he knows Judas is going to betray him, Jesus feeds him in his mouth. What is that? That's a picture of love and grace and compassion. Knowing fully well, I know you're going to betray me, but I still love you. God is merciful. In other words, it means you also must be merciful. Be merciful. The other day we were driving on the road, and there was this guy who backed his bike and hit a Toyota car. Scratched. And we're like, what happened? What do you do? Then he turned around and said, Amikurone. I was talking to him in Nagamese. He started talking in a tribal dialect, pretending he doesn't know Nagamese. I know he knows Nagamese, but he's pretending. 
thinking I'll be scared of the dialect because it's the dominant dialect. <laughs> I was so angry. I was like, ah. I was like, take his phone number, take this, take the picture. And my wife turned around and said, honey, it's only a car. Forget it. Let's be merciful. Charity. So I felt, yeah, it's only a car. Forget it. No use losing your temper and your testimony as a pastor. <laughs> so we just said, all right, fine, forget it. And we just drove away. And when we did that, our heart was filled with peace. The scratch is still there. But merciful is much better. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Be merciful to your neighbor. Who stole that one inch of land? <laughs> amen. Number 12, God is faithful. God is faithful. You can trust Him to keep His promises. Psalms 33 verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all that He does. He's faithful. That means he cannot lie. Faithfulness is in the very heart of what God is. He will keep all his promises. Do you know that there are about 2,400 prophecies in the Bible? Around 300 prophecies about Jesus' first coming? And do you know that all of those prophecies about Jesus' first coming has been fulfilled? And do you know that about 2,000 prophecies have been already fulfilled? You know what that means? The rest of the prophecies will surely be fulfilled. No doubt at all. That's one of the greatest facts and truth which make me believe the Bible is the Word of God. When there are so many liberal theologians that say the Bible is not the Word of God. So many influences on social media saying the Bible is not the Word of God. So many debates from different scholars from different religions saying the Bible is not the Word of God. I will point to the prophecies and say, can any God and any religion Make these many prophecies and make them come to pass exactly as it was said. Not a single religion except for Christianity. The Bible you hold in your hands, you can stake your life on it, your future on it. It is more sure than SBI, LIC. Amen. God is faithful. And the different areas of His faithfulness is that God is faithful, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond more than you can bear. So if you're going through some temptation right now, some trial, He's faithful in the midst of it to help you. Amen. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. He is faithful to complete the work He has begun. You will not backslide. He is faithful. Can you say Amen? Hebrews 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. He is full of consistency, commitment. He will never go against what He said. Which also means this. We must be faithful also. Can you say Amen? Number 13. God never changes. Which means your future is secure and eternal. God never changes. His love does not increase. 
His wisdom doesn't increase. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means His will, His truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means this. You are a person of great value. You know why? His purpose for you has not changed. His plan for you will not change. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Which means God doesn't change His mind about you even if you have disobeyed Him. God doesn't change His mind about you even if you have left the ministry and gone to the world. God doesn't change. He doesn't take back the gift and the calling of God. He just wants you to turn your heart and come back to Him. And He will use you. So many times I hear in Nagal and people say, I may disobey Kurgana Mola, calling Hari Jai Shido. Calling Haranai. Dude, like a knowledge Hari Your knowledge of the Word of God. Because God does not take back. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means His purpose for you is eternal. Can you say amen? His guidance for our life is eternal. His ways are perfect. Which means that if we will live by His ways, even though written 6,000 years ago, read the word today and it will produce fruit in your life. Timeless truths. Can you say amen? See, when you see God for who He truly is, your life will change. You become like the God you worship. You become like the God you see. The God you see must not be the God of the Baptist denomination, the Catholic Church. You cannot be the God of the revival and the Pentecost. It cannot be the God of the denomination. The God you see must be the true God that reveals to Him in His Word. See beyond the tradition. See beyond the doctrines. See beyond the culture and see the true picture of God. Can you say Amen. Whatever circumstance, problem, difficulty you're going through, when you see the true picture of God, it will begin to change your faith and you respond to Him. Remember, with God, all things are possible. Amen. With His unlimited abilities, nothing is too difficult for Him. With His absolute integrity, He will always do what is right. He is never unfair. If you don't understand why your relative died, don't despair. You will know one day. Even if you don't know in this lifetime, God is fair. God is fair. Can you say amen? And He will always do what is in your best interest. So these attributes must be the lenses through which you see yourself and you see life. But I want to end with this. God is not just a sermon. Eternal life, in John 17 verse 3, Jesus said is this. This is eternal life, that you may know the Father and the Son. Know. The word know, it means intimate knowledge. It means to know by experience. It means to know from the heart. There's a knowledge of God that is beyond theology books. It's called prayer. There's a knowledge of God that is beyond what even Preachers have preached. It's called practical. Practical means because you have seen this, now respond. Open your heart and come to know Him personally. 
If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.